Welcome back to Back Society. I'm your co-host, Jordan. My other co-host, Scott, couldn't make it, but we also have the third one. Yeah, Chris is here, baby. Chris is here. Finally, finally. So we're on Chapter 5 of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, How the Rich Invent Money. So personally, I felt a little attacked on that uh, chapter, mostly because like I don't really have those. Laugh all you want. Laugh all you want. But I didn't really have those assets he was talking about. Like uh, It was like one point of the chapter where he was talking about how he kept flipping houses for more. Like he started off with that gingerbread house in Oregon and then it, he he moved up to another like apartment building and then moved up to another apartment building in Arizona. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the stuff I wish I was doing earlier. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I wonder like how much of it is like exaggerated though. I, I so I'm actually kind of in the process of doing this right now. Okay. Right? And like, and he talks about in the previous chapter, like he's using that 1031 exchange, right? And like mm-hmm. rolling. I mean, but the thing is, you got to have the ec- or like the capital to even buy the first one, right? right? That's step one, right? And it, that's the part he never really goes into is like, how do you get to step one? Yeah, because he got that but first like, house for like 20k, and I'm that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but it was also like how many years ago? You know what I mean? Right. Like if you find a $20,000 house, you got to put another $80,000 into it, you know, just to even get it like livable. I mean, I see where he's going. Like he's like, you know, like use this money that, you know, he, he calls it like inventing money or creating money. Right. Right. And so you're like building this, this appreciation in these properties. Like he makes it seem like it, you know, he's flipping these things, but really it's over years. It is they, over they years. Need to, they need to appreciate in order to sell for more money to have a bigger down payment for the next building. Right. You know, but um, it, it's, it's crazy. Cause he got like the, the 20 K house, but at the end of the story, he ended up getting um, like a, a million and a half from these Germans for their factory in, uh, in Portland. But I, I realized that that's not happening nowadays. The, like the market has skyrocketed. And every time he mentioned he bought something, the market was depressed. Like, uh, it was depressed in Phoenix when he bought it. It was depressed in Oregon when he bought it. it obviously, I'm not tra- I'm not chasing depression. I don't know where it's happening right now. Yeah, like, and it's like, how do you even? I, I'm like curious how like back then he was even like identifying these markets in the first place, right? You're right. Like, it's yeah. just wild to me because, like, I mean, I'm on the internet all the time looking at this shit, and I cannot. I like, I think there's if I had to put my money on like a depressed area, quote unquote. It would be Ohio. What what makes you say Ohio? Dayton, Ohio. So like I browse a few of these websites and I'm looking at like off-market deals or like, you know, investment deals and holy shit, dude, outside of like Baltimore, which is a lot of like fixer uppers and, you know, there's some gentrification going on there. But like Ohio is like, I mean, just think about it. It used to be this manufacturing similar to Michigan, like a lot of like industrial, you know, white collar jobs and that all kind of went to China. And so it's kind of depressed, especially in like places like Dayton, outskirts of Cleveland. Um, and there's a couple other places. But like you see these. I mean, there's so much. Just. Oh, uh, my God. Just um, uh, to me, when I think of Ohio, I think of inventory. There's so inventory. much inventory. OK. Yeah. I mean, like when you look up like how many things were found in Ohio, it was a lot. A yeah. lot. Like Ohio for a state that doesn't have like a state emblem. It's crazy how much they've done for the United States. Yeah. I mean, think about it, dude. Anytime you watch a movie and they come from like a working class background, they're always from like Ohio or some shit like that. You know what I mean? It's like some small town Ohio. Yeah. 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 yeah, Callahan. Yeah. I think it was Ohio. I can't remember. But like, 
you know, a lot of it, it's like it's that real like center. I can't. What do they call it? It's not. Is it the Rust Belt now? Is it, it part of that? I would say Ohio is part of the Rust Belt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is kind of old and decrepit and falling apart. I mean, there's some cool parts of Ohio, and it's pretty strategically located with like the rivers and everything. But you know, I mean, there's a ton of like inventory out there, man. It's wild, and there's some still some like good schools and stuff in Ohio. I, I imagine. Um, I mean, like, it's not like Ohio is a bad state. It's not like you're going to get like you know like robbed like out the like in baltimore yeah. or something i mean ohio is just that state that's so forgettable but at the same time like a lot of people still live there you know there's yeah. a lot still like, but every, everybody every time you meet somebody from ohio they're trying to get out of ohio though <laughs> because nothing goes <laughs> you know, on in ohio like, happening, dude. i know like, a lot of the Bengals and the browns mm-hmm. oh um, my god uh, let's not talk about their sports yeah, yeah, yeah. As a it's Marylander. Just, it's wild, dude. It's wild. It's wild, but, but like, I, yeah, I can see it. But like, so if I was like, if I had a bunch of money and I'm like looking for a depressed area, I think that's a spot I would look in. That or like, I feel like Kansas, there's these other places, but like to me, I would love to focus around like military bases. Military bases like what? Like Sova or like Atlanta? No, there's no, uh, there's no real military base in Atlanta. I thought like Georgia had a lot of like naval bases. Uh, so you have Savannah. Okay. There's a couple bases in Savannah. Uh, there's Fort Benning, which is like in Columbus, Georgia, which is just like a shithole. It's like right on the border of uh, Alabama. <laughs> uh, I mean, but like it's you had you me know, at but, the border of Alabama. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying, dude. And like I know people who are like stationed there, and they live on the Alabama side because like it's cheaper. Oh, yeah, I've, I'm sure. I'm and they sure. get, like, bigger housing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's, like, those places or, like, you got Fort Rucker, which is in the heart of Alabama. And then you have, like, I mean, there's, like, Fort Polk, which is in Louisiana, which, I mean, I swear to God, that's a place you go to die. Like <laughs> It's that it's that bad? Like, I think the nearest town is, like, 40 minutes away. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, like you can't like buy real estate, but there's like certain places where you can like like um. There's another place. I think it's in Huntsfield. Is it Huntsville is that a place in Alabama? Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, Huntsville, Huntsville. They're building like space force like stuff there. Oh, really? Like, there's a lot of like, and you have like um. Dang, there's another. It's kind of becoming like it's kind of like a little tech city. Like actually, like just in general. Really? I mean, I've heard like the the Delta in Mississippi is, is like having a little bit of a tech boom. I haven't heard yeah. if Alabama was, but they are neighbors, so maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I it, mean, like, and if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because like, it's cheap, energy's cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, these places can go. I was really surprised how big of a like tech uh, presence there was in Utah, dude. Yeah, there's a actually a big one. It's not only Utah, but like the one who's also experiencing a tech boom is North Carolina. Yeah, like and they got Charlotte Fort Bragg, right? <laughs> Man, Fort Bragg, good lord. <laughs> Oh my god! They don't call it Vietnam for nothing, bro. <laughs> what the, what the <laughs> like Fayetteville is kind of shitty. It's kind of shitty. All I know is it's like having lived in like it, West Virginia. If you were part of the military, you were attached to Fort Bragg. That was the yeah, place bro. to go. That's and they call it Vietnam for a reason. <laughs> and it's not it's not Fort Bragg anymore. It's no. Fort Liberty. Oh, Fort Liberty. Oh man, that makes yeah. me feel very patriotic just to hear. You know, it's um, ridiculous. I was doing I was doing so I was doing some research and apparently you know what's actually what city is recovering and actually starting to gentrify Detroit. Yeah, I heard about that. It's recovering because they were selling houses for like a dollar. Yeah. Like yeah, so a lot of people moved in. There's places opening. It's not as dangerous as it used to be. 
It's a, a apparently that's it's a hot market right now. Detroit would be kind of kind of cool. I mean, like didn't like I think it was like Lucid or one of those EV companies or uh, Rivian. They bought like a factory, I think, in Detroit, like an old Ford really? or GM factory. Right. I can't remember, but the only thing I know is is that Michigan is like the Florida to Midwesterners. Everyone vacations. Yeah. Everyone goes to Michigan. Everyone, it's pure Michigan. There, there's like the four town people like to go on like holidays and stuff like that. Everyone goes to Michigan around here. If you're from, you know, the tri-state area, Michigan is where you go for vacation. You go to the lake, you go to everywhere. It's, it's such a popular state to go to that I'm not surprised eventually Detroit would be recovered, you know? Yeah, but like what part of Michigan? I, I guess I don't understand. Like, What's in Michigan? Uh, Michigan has a lot of theme parks. They have a lot of like theme towns, like the Ford town they have. It It's basically when Henry Ford lived there, he brought a lot of like old, like houses, like Nazis. Thomas Edison's house, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is before like that. And like, this is after that. And after Fordlandia, <laughs> that, that debacle in South America, no, he would like buy like Thomas Edison's house tesla's house and he would be he would move them over to this like ford town he had in michigan and it's like uh, a a spectacle like they go all out for christmas and stuff like that ironically they have a lot of germans yeah shocker <laughs> but like michigan is a real like hot spot i mean normally when i think of uh michigan i think like the greatest export is kid rock or something but uh, apparently they have still have quite a bit of manufacturing just not in the city of detroit but apparently yeah, that's, that's changing yeah because i know like i think like dearborn michigan's a pretty big spot right like yeah uh, that's a big spot yeah i don't know man i just don't know too much about the midwest um uh, I, I you know i wouldn't be surprised if detroit kind of like a resurgence i mean because there's infrastructure there i mean it's kind of bro- broken down but you could probably like snap up some like old uh, warehouses and you know factories and repurpose them i'm oh, pretty yeah. sure like rivian or somebody did that you know like when once austin becomes too expensive like where are you gonna go you're gonna go to detroit oh my god it kind of makes sense people already talk about austin falling apart I- i'm hearing yeah. that all the time but like I-, I i'm like on real estate tiktok and they're saying like oh you want to buy this mega house for two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars and it's always outside of dallas for some reason do Dallas, yeah, there's a lot of stuff outside. Dallas is massive. Yeah. Ma- like I drove through there one time. Dude, we stopped at this dope little restaurant we just like found and it was all it was actually amazing. Was it barbecue? But it was like uh yeah, kind of. They had barbecue. I don't know, it was kind of like this interesting little spot. I don't Please know. Please tell me it was Bucky's. It was what? Please tell me it was Bucky's. No, it was not. Oh man, that shit is so I think it's called like it was called like Kenny's or something like that. Kenny's close. I was close. You're close. Like that's why I was like, kind of like, what the fuck? Uh, but it was like, it was huge, man. And like, I can see the attraction. It was like really clean. It was like nice, flat. But it's massive, right? Because like Fort Worth and Dallas have kind of combined. Yeah. But like the outskirts, I, I mean, it's just growing. It's huge. It's really big. Like it's a spot I would like to go back to again. It was like it's like Dallas. Oh yeah, a lot of people are moving to Dallas, especially from like the upper Midwest, like from Illinois and uh, Missouri. They're moving down the te- uh, they're moving down to Texas, especially like the Dallas Fort Worth area. It's like basically what Las Vegas was in 2010. Like it just keeps expanding. Yeah. I mean, I, I would buy some real estate down there. I will admit, I wouldn't live down there. You have to really get used to the flatland. It's just not the same. I mean, I would I'd move to te- dude. No state income tax. Come on, bro. You, they get their tax somehow. Things are cheaper and bigger in Texas. All right. Oh, oh okay, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
big. Every, I mean, it's pretty every, cool, man. Everything. There's a lot of Texas. stuff to do. There's a lot of stuff to do down there too. I, I've been to Austin once, and there was a lot of stuff to do, but I, I don't know about Dallas. I mean, Dallas is. I mean, you got the Cowboys. You got a whole bunch of stuff out there, though. Oh, the like, it's like a I legit like but metropolis. It's pretty cool. It's a cool spot. And then, like, I've been to San Antonio. San Antonio is like interesting because it's way more like Mexican influence, you know, because the Alamo and stuff is there. Well, the border is like right there too. Uh, it's not that close. It's not like El Paso. Isn't El Paso it? is like on the border. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of El Paso. El Paso is like on the border with Juarez. Like okay. I drove through El Paso and you like look to your right and it was Juarez and you look to your left and it was like McDonald's, bro. It was <laughs> wild. <laughs> Big stark difference. <laughs> it was dude, it was nuts. And I was just like, holy shit. Like I'm there was definitely like drug smugglers probably looking back at me. It oh, was wild. It was probably yeah, like they like uh, that McDonald's is probably like uh um uh, El Polo Hermanos from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Old Gus Fring. <laughs> oh, Gus Fring, Just, yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, so I like how we, uh, uh, going back to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I liked how he went back uh, and, and told us about his experience with real estate because I, I've been so interested in it lately. But at, at, at the same time, I felt bad on the chapter because I don't have like any assets in it really. And most of my assets come from the stock market, but he said like he used real estate as the base and stock market was like him and his wife's uh, retirement fund, you know? But I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I see that more the stock market as my base right now because that's where a lot of my capital comes from. It, I always want to get something a little more solid because it'd be nice to like trade something more tangible for a big profit besides just the stock itself, you know? And like he said before, like compared to real estate, stock is a lot more vo- uh, volatile because like at any moment of the day, from a hand gesture, from someone just buying, from someone just selling, or from like a whale, you know, that can make and break you so quickly. Yeah, dude. I mean, literally, the Fed says one word and like the market can crash or it can just spike. Exactly. It's wild. Exactly. But like real estate's one of those weird things too, because like, oh man, I heard this real, I think it maybe it was the, did I hear it from this book? Or I might have been hearing it where like, um, like it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market which is a great like kind of little quip, right? So like it's you're never going to find a great time to buy. And unless you're like are just like you use your time that you've been in the market to identify those like opportunities because okay. you've been in it for so long. And like, you know, it, it might be good now. And yeah, it might not be good in 2 years, but it might be good in 4 years. So just like it, it's a very long burn, right? Right, right. Because it's a it's day, a long term investment, right? It is, it is, and like you know, the numbers usually work. Like everybody's like, oh man, you know, like you know, it's, prices are so high. But like to me, if I can, if the math works and I can be profitable, because yeah, housing prices are more expensive, interest is more expensive, but rents are up too, right? Right, right. And, and rents follow the market trends, but they're usually slower and a little behind. So if the way I look at it is like, okay, so I bought this price, whatever it is, what it is. And my rents are paying my equity. You know, they're building my equity. And in like three or four years, like rates drop, let's say prices kind of drop a little bit. At least I can refinance and That's true. kind of go, come down to a lower payment. And rents are going to probably start to drop after that point. Right. So now I've already kind of beat that. You know, I'm kind of like hedged myself right. a little bit there. Again, it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market to I, kind I, of make your money. I can totally understand that. 
like for the stock market, I, I'm usually a whole, I'm usually like a hold person. So I'll, maybe I'll go down with it. Maybe I'll go up with it. Usually so far I've been lucky. I've been going up with it like every time. Like I want to say last time I looked, which was a week ago, I am up about $2. I'm doing all right. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty proud with myself, but I mean, so, so like are you, you talked about that like dividend stocks, right? That, right. That's your kind of play. Yeah. That's so you're not looking for the value of the stock itself, right? You're looking for that, that payout. Are I'm you typically payout. in like quarterly disbursements, monthly disbursements? Like what stocks are you looking at? Quarterly or, or are you in like, are you, are you in like more of the funds or are you buying individual dividend stocks? I'm buying individual dividend stocks. Mostly like, uh, like just, uh, two weeks ago, I bought a bunch of like Nintendo. They have like a three, they have like a 3% return. Uh, and also uh, a whole bunch in Western Union. We'll see how that goes with the banks and stuff like that. But uh, they have like a 6%. And I was really tempted with that. And looking at their like charts from the past like five, 10 years, they've been pretty solid. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I can keep that long term. Nintendo 2, and not to mention they have like the, the new Zelda games coming out. So I'm hoping I get like a nice bump from that at least. Yeah, but did you see what they just said today? How they believe Nintendo? that uh, I think it was today. It was like yeah, Nintendo. They they said that um, they believe that the demand for the Switch has peaked and they are past it, and it to expect a massive plunge in sales for the Switch. <laughs> just uh, just just so you're tracking. They're coming out with a new <laughs> console soon, right? I mean, like the Switch has been out for a while. I'm just I'll just let you know what they said, dude. Look, I haven't seen a plunge yet. I mean. No, I don't want to check it, but I haven't seen a plunge yet. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Like, oh, so- I think it's with their next quarterly earnings. They, it, they were like pretty much like prepping the uh, the market. Okay, luckily that's not where the bulk of my my diversity is. I, I mostly the rest are like you know, like Prudential, Nationwide. Do you reinvest your dividends automatically, or do yeah, you, I haven't like, cashed out. Them? The only thing I've ever cashed out on was Dogecoin. Got you. Have you ever uh, invested in any REITs? I don't even know what that is. The real estate investment. Well, I don't know what the T stands for. So I have some REIT and like, so they'll pay out monthly dividends. And I also like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a REIT right now. Like I just got paid a dividend literally a couple minutes ago. What? And yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty decent. Like, you know, the stock, it's like trading at like 950-ish. Whatever. Oh, let's go. That's I, I love stock that's around 950-ish actually. But, but it's uh you know, so it pays out like 12 cents a month mm-hmm. for each each share, which is like a buck 44, which is like a 15% return. Yeah. Year over the year. And you know, so I got a couple, I got like eight or nine hundred shares. So I just got like 81 bucks, just reinvested, boom, every month, boom. You know what I mean? See, like that, it's almost nine shares a month. So it's called REIT, huh? Yeah. So REIT is like the type of share. I, I'll, I uh, after this, I can send you the uh, the ticker. Sure thing. And then I even have like uh, some like fixed income. But so I bought it on Robinhood, and then they stopped allowing you to buy it. I can only sell it now, but I can still get my dividends. I don't know why. And I think it was like a Vanguard fixed income, but like aggressive. But it you know it pays a decent dividend. Mm. It's it's about the same. I well, think. I mean, Vanguard's a good stock to have, and they're too big to fail. Yeah. Yeah, they're never going down, dude. There's so many, so many retirement funds are like, if Vanguard goes down, this country is like, we're, we're screwed so much. I mean, like, like, even with like retirement, like pension funds are already, they're already at the point where they're like squeezing like American cities right now. Like, like here in Chicago, they're about, they're going to cost us like what, $500 million a year. Yeah. I mean, the pensions, like, 
you know, I, I feel like years ago it made sense because there was no other like social safety nets, right? And yeah, but now we got there was like no 401k. Well, now they created 401ks and IRAs, and it was to like kind of like put the burden back on the worker, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you got to invest in it, right? It's not like a guarantee, and then it's and then it's like tied to the stock market, right? Or whoever is investing it, right? But you can do self-managed IRAs or 401ks. Are those the ones that you're just like, you choose the volatility? So like some people, like you can choose, no, 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 no. I'm not saying like you're like, you're on the computer clicking like, I want to be aggressive. (laughs) It's like, you can get a group of people together and like pull your money and buy property. Oh, that's actually not bad. And then like, you know, whatever it makes, it like reinvests into the fund. And then as your cash grows, you can buy like another property. Okay. But you're still like under the same... I don't know too much. I know a couple of people who do it, but I've never really looked too deep into it. What's this called again? And so, it's, I think it's a self-managed IRA or 401k. I, I, I'm not exactly sure which one it falls under. Okay. I mean, I that, think it's IRA, individual retirement account. So That's interesting, actually. Because like yeah. uh, I I have traditional IRAs right now, and um, they're like mid level risk. You know, they're not. I didn't choose like high or low or anything like that. It's like middle level, and so far they've been they've been making okay money. But I I feel like at like you know almost pretty much at thirty three, I need to be a little more aggressive on my retirement. Yeah, like so for me, I got mine, and it's like it's done pretty decent, right? Mm-hmm. And then the wife, she's got hers, and I made hers like because hers has more money in it. Cause she was getting matched from like day one where I just started getting matched recently. Okay. So like hers is a little bit more conservative and mine's a lot more aggressive because it's like a little bit smaller. So I'm like a little more comfortable kind of leaning into it. Yeah, so it like sense. a lot of small cap, you know, I kind of got rid of the individual, I mean like a uh, international fund, but like, I'm not looking at any like bonds or anything like that. It's very much in the market. Right. You know. That's not bad. That's not bad. If I was like younger, like when I was like 22, 23, then I probably would have been like a more high risk when it comes to my IRAs, but not so much now. I don't I don't know. There's been like the tech layoffs and stuff like that. You just never know. And I don't really have any too much assets but if, myself. But if anything, it's like almost like the best time to start like hedging and like buying. Yeah. What makes you say that? I mean, because if everything's like there's a lot of tech layoffs and blah, blah, blah. Things are like a little more uncertain prices. I, I don't think stock market overall right now is down for the year i mean it i, was bought, earlier, some, I right? bought a few shares in vex yeah you might as well <laughs> the but, <laughs> yeah the volatility index hell uh, yeah dude you know i just think like the economy's gonna be on shaky footing for the next like year or two mm-hmm. but i think like if you invest now i i think you're just gonna see a boom in like four or five years that makes sense I, I do like, like you gotta ride the cycles let, let's say like there's about ten thousand dollars that i'm willing to ten thousand dollars that i'm willing to part with right now in my savings account like 10 to 15 and i was like looking up like oh what's the what's the best way to use ten thousand dollars where can i put that in and there was like some some sites were just like why don't you just buy a website or something on flippa.com or uh Oh, what was it? Invest in like a a real estate portfolio or something like that. But I'm like trying to consider because I've waited too long not to make moves. And 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 uh, Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki was right. Like I've seen a couple opportunities pass by uh, pass by me, and I didn't take it because either a I didn't have enough money, b I was waiting for the right opportunity and I just didn't do it. I don't know. It's made me rethink of how I have approached things, and maybe I should be a little more aggressive than I've always been because. Yeah, I, I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay now and like my job, like I make six digits and that's that's pretty good for someone my age right now. And uh I don't, I don't know. I just don't 
feel as secure for the future as I should be. That's all. Yeah. And you know, he, he talks about being creative, right? And like mm -hmm. taking, I think he says like, I want to say it was more like calculated risks, right? Like you got to take the risk, but you got to like understand what you're kind of getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, honestly, like I always tell people the first rental property, like investment property is the hardest, like right. hands down. That's the hardest trigger of the pool. And then really, it, it's hard. And then what's even harder, though, is buying the second one. Why, why the second one? Because like usually after the first one, right, like you've gone through the headaches, you're like learning the game, like you're trying, you're, you're kind of figuring out like the lay of the land. Like, is this property manager good? Do they suck? If they suck, then your headaches are just more and more. And you're like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm good with this one. I don't want to deal with another one and have to balance these two. Right. But then like once you kind of move and you get that second one, you're like, okay, I can like manage my time. And then buying a third, it's like, okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. Right. Especially it, if you have like a decent team and you start to build your like management team and your real estate agent and your, you know, your funding source. And the next thing you know, you got like five or six, you know what I mean? So it's like the second time you just don't want to go through it all again. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, especially if you've had like a night because you're just learning so much. And unless you like really like move quickly, it's it's harder because if you just like hold it for like a year or two, you're like, you know, we always, we, you know, most of our time is spent doing stuff for it. Like blah, blah, blah. Like it, it eats up time. It's a time suck. It's a money suck where you just don't see any value in a second one. Right. I, and then once you do buy the second one, it's like, oh, got a little bit more cash. I feel like it's kind of addicting at, at, a, at a point. Yeah, it can be because then you're like, oh man, like what if I just you know, take the cash from this one and reinvest it in this one. And, you know, this one's higher interest and I pay this one down quicker. You know, like now we're trying to actually like for the first time, we're going to like sell. Like I, I was talking to my real estate agent. I was like, dude, I've bought multiple properties. I've never actually sold anything. Like, this is actually a new territory for me. I was like, that's, that's wild. Was he, was he shocked or surprised by any of this? No, not really. I mean, he's a good dude, you know, like he was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely different. You know, you've been, He's like, you've been making moves, so that's good. Um, but, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to do a 1031. Like, I want to buy a bigger property. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, now's the time. And, like, literally, it's posted on Zillow right now. It's coming soon. It goes on the market tomorrow. There you go. And because I already claimed it on Zillow before, because I, I use Zillow for rentals, right. I can already see it's already got 100 views. God, I'm, not, I'm not surprised it's by only, that. It's only been on Zillow for, like, 24 hours. As being like coming soon. So as soon as it actually shows, you you plan to get quite a bit of offers, right? I don't know, man. I'm like so. <laughs> Are you nervous? I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm pretty nervous. Like I think we listed it at a good good price. Where like like honestly, if I just got asking price and it was like two day like forty eight to seventy two hours in, and it was only asking price, I would just take it. Like really? I'm cool with the asking price right now. Mm -hmm. Because like when we bought it, like there was a chance where like that area is being redeveloped. We're like, hey, maybe in like ten years, dude, the developer is gonna buy it out, right. tear it down. How much are they gonna give us for it? But like, I don't know if I want to wait that long to make moves because I could buy another property or two, like roll into it, and make way more than I would have made, you know, cash wise or like passive wise. Yeah, you know, by just waiting, right. waiting it out. I totally hear that. And and it's actually appreciated. And it's a condo, and condos don't usually appreciate that much that rapidly it's like it's only been two years mm -hmm. and it's already appreciated like almost 40 grand I, that doesn't surprise me that much though especially how the market's it, been going with houses i know but like that's what i'm saying like i'm like man because typically condos do not follow the same path as like single family mm -hmm. homes or townhomes you know 
like they're usually very stable. They attract a certain clientele, right? You know, people who want like to own it but want low maintenance, you know, and not a lot. Of, and like condo fees are kind of can be prohibitively, exp- you know, expensive. Yes. Yeah. Which keeps the value of the property down because right. people don't want to pay that. But like when I saw this one, I like I was like, I might have to just dump it and and roll, you know. I hear you. I hear you. Um, when you showed me that listing, I, I looked for other properties like around me around that price, and I found actually quite a few around that place, like the like between uh one and two hundred uh thousand, and even some in the most expensive neighborhoods possible. Yeah. And I was I was seriously thinking about it because they were like, you know, from a studio between like they were between one one bedroom into like a, a studio and they weren't that bad. They were just like like one like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like something. How, I can how much afford. was the condo fee, though? The condo fee was about two fifty. That's pretty cheap. That's not bad. What's included in it? There was uh, one in Streeterville, and that had an indoor pool. Mm. It not only had an indoor pool, it had like a grill area, a patio, and a... Because yeah. like Chicago is actually... Their their rises are pretty famous for their amenities. Like like some, the one I almost moved into had an indoor like virtual golf. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it comes with an indoor pool, a grilling area, a patio, like like a high rise patio. Like once you go out there, you can you're you're like at the length of the high rises. Yeah. So and it's right off Magnificent Mile, which is basically Chicago's um, Times Square. Gotcha. No, that'd be cool. I mean, if, if especially if the condo fee is like that cheap. Like our condo fee was like right now it bumped up finally like five hundred bucks, okay. but it includes like electric water gas like all the only thing that somebody has to pay is like internet or cable Mm -hmm. that's it right and then it's got other amenities too like they got a gym which actually looks decent Mm -hmm. you know yeah i I saw the pictures (laughs) yeah it's like legit and it's like pretty nice and it's like right by 395 like it's easy to get into downtown the pentagon like things like that so it's in a good spot yeah like a, a new college graduate that just got hired by the government or something yeah and like literally right across the way they tore down this old mall and they're building this massive new like hospital campus. It's going to be a few years before it's done, but it's going to be huge. Yeah. And I think once that thing is built, values are going to go up and that's when a uh, developer is going to, they're going to try and come in before values go too high. Right. And, and like knock these buildings down. Cause like, I think the buildings were like 1960s, like early sixties or something. You got some Brady bunch houses. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it's pre- they're pretty old, but like they're fine. Like it's it's like you know we got it painted, and like they finally just uploaded the pictures last night, and it looks good or today, and like they did a good job. Whoever that photographer was did a great job. I mean, that's like, that that is their job, right? I mean, I would be disappointed if they didn't take uh, good pictures, but at least you got that you got that going. I hope you get a bunch of offers. So so you're trying to stay within like the Baltimore area with your real estate right now? No, man. I so I've been like looking kind of everywhere, honestly. Like I. I want to stay somewhere where it's you, easier to manage. Mm-hmm. I totally or like I, I, or I know the area ish. Yeah. You know, like it feels weird buying in like Nashville or something like that, <laughs> you know, where everything's going to be done remotely. Yeah. Cause like, when are you going to go there to visit? Yeah. Like, or I'm like, you know, FaceTiming with some like real estate agent, like, you know, or I got to s- find like an inspector to go out and, mm. and, trust that they're going to do a good job and yeah, not, you know, dick me around. You don't know anything about these people or how they do business in this area. Yeah, and I don't know the market either, right? Right. Um, but, like, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, I was also looking in, like, Nebraska because, like, that's where Mary's family is. Okay. And, like, so I could be like, hey, I need you guys to go, like, look at this and 
just give me your impression. You know what I mean? Or like, hell of a lot, somebody. hell of a lot easier when you know someone in the area. Yeah. So like, I'm definitely like cool with going outside of my comfort zone, but like, it's got to be the right. Deal. It's got to be like almost too good to pass up. Right. Too good to pass up, and perhaps someone you might know in the just the perimeter. You know? Yeah. Or it's within like a five or six hour drive. Right. I you totally know, where I can too. do it in a day. Look, that's one of the reasons why I haven't looked for like, a, let's say, real estate because I am looking for real estate lately. I, I am looking for it, but I haven't looked for anything outside of Illinois because I would like to at least see something that I can get to pretty easily. You know, I don't want like my first property to be too far away. You get yeah, it? no, I get that. You know, our first property is still like 10 minutes from where we live. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> 10 like, it, minutes. It's, just, it's like easier, but like also, also like, you know, they expect things to get done because I just self-manage. And I'm like, hey, like I'll get to it when I get to it. But like, <laughs> unless it's like something really bad, right? Like I'm not <laughs> coming over there to change it like a fucking light bulb like right now. Or nah, something stupid. I mean, I, I wouldn't either. I would get someone for that. Yeah. Or just I'd be like, no, you change. Well, actually, it's in their lease that they got to change their own life. Oh, they got to change. But, oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always yeah. changed mine. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? You know, but. uh <laughs> Just bother you, man. One of the lights in the bathroom went out. I don't know what to do, landlord. Please help it's me like out. Dumb, well, sometimes it's dumb shit, dude. Because they're like, oh, I was like, you're, I was like, nah, dude. Like, you can change a light bulb. <laughs> I've never lived anywhere where the light went out. I was like, pfft. Hopefully maintenance comes by later. <laughs> I got to put know, in a maintenance like, ticket for this. Yeah. The, the freaking like, yeah. light bulb. <laughs> like, give me a break, bro. Dude, I, you know what? Uh, as long as I get that like passive income coming in, I, I'll deal with a tenant. I don't care. Yeah. That's what you say until you get like a really shitty tenant in there. And you're like, God damn. <laughs> like, Dude, shut up. I, I had one friend who has like a few rental properties and one of his, uh, one of his tenants was like, he was a pretty big guy. He was a big guy. One of his things is he kept complaining that the apartment kept flooding. Like there must be a leak somewhere. It kept flooding. It kept flooding. But um, it, it turns out this man would uh, use the bathtub and he would fill it to the absolute brim and then jump in. What? <laughs> and then jump then in? wonder where the fuck it, like, not like jump in, but like just get in as the bath is completely full and then wonder where all this water is coming from. What the hell, dude? People are ridiculous, bro. <laughs> I know. That is insane. You just wonder where their like awareness comes from. Like, do you have any, dude? Do you know what's happening? Do you, are you here with us right now? That's hilarious. That's wild. Like, so the thing is, on our first property, you know, it's like a townhome, and like we actually like have a leak that we cannot find the source of, mm-hmm. and it comes and goes, which is really even more weird. But it's been kind of a headache, you know what I mean? Like having to deal with like, like luckily we got like a home warranty on it, so like they've sent out like plumbers a couple times and, and shit like that. But sometimes it's just like, you know, it it can be like kind of draining just dealing with like the same problems over and over again, you know. I imagine. So. I'm not I'm not excited for that part, especially like the general maintenance stuff like that or or the really hard ones like trying to find a leak or like, you know, a pipe burst or something like that. And one of the main problems here about getting like a house in this area is because there is a lot of houses around here and a lot of them are old. It's not like it's it's not like Denver or anything in California, really. But uh, yeah, pipes bursting because our, of our deep freeze here is a real problem. That's wild. Yeah, because it can get like, let's say in February, you can get like negative 40. That's nuts. <laughs> colder than alaska like, at the time i would never yeah i don't know man but so and that, that's the other thing too it's like my next properties man like i want to have like minimum emotional investment what do you mean by that so like our property up in baltimore mm-hmm. dude you know outside of like a little bit of work that i did to it when i first got it i've not been i, I handed over to the property management company i've never been back <laughs> you know what i mean like that's i don't like i don't want to like deal with it like 
they are my intermediary. And unless something crazy happens, they just handle it. Like I told them, I was like, if it's under 500 bucks, just do it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let me know. And they'll send me pictures and stuff. But like, if it's more than 500, then they'll have to, I have to like, either I can get somebody else to quote it or I just approve it. You know what I mean? And just like, can't let them handle the rest. Mm-hmm. But like, it can be as hands off as you want it to be. What would you say is your like yearly maintenance cost for these properties? I don't know. It kind of varies. I feel like two years ago, we were like heavy maintenance Mm -hmm. just like randomly. But then last year wasn't that bad. I I think it it probably is between like a thousand to a couple thousand dollars a year. That's that's not so bad at all. Yeah. It just depends, man. Because like anyone who's like rented or owned a house, they know that maintenance costs can happen. You know, anything can happen. Like here, of course, like pipe bursts and stuff like that. When I was re- when uh when I was reading the book, he he made it seem like it was a really like a, a turnkey operation, really. You know, like yeah, right. Like you you buy the house, it appreciates, you're good to go. You're you're yeah, done. You move on. Yeah, you move on. It's over. You did it. Congratulations, man. That's, you are rich. I, I think now. I want to know who the hell he had managing his properties because there's no way he was self managed. At least it doesn't seem like that. I mean, he didn't it's, really talk about that really it just seems like he just bought the property they he got paid and then he got out doesn't it kind of also seem like he's a silent investor potentially i mean yeah yeah i would say i would say he's a silent where he's very hands off and he's just like here's the money buy it okay i think we should buy this one next you know what i mean and he's got other either he's got a hell of a team around him where they manage the day in day out and he's the big picture money mover guy which i would love to get to like that would be sick. I dude. mean, that would be nice, right? Right, where you got your little company, they're managing the properties, they're handling the maintenance and issues, and you're just like, all right, I'm gonna sell this one, I'm gonna buy this building. You know, I'm hot shit and swinging dick right now. <laughs> I'm just like, the big boss man, you know? Yeah, you know, like that'd be cool, but it's it seems so weird because he doesn't talk about the yeah, you're right, like the day in day out like headache. He does make it seem like uh, you buy this house, you hold it for a couple years, and then you sell it, and then you buy a new one. Yeah. And that's and that's pretty yeah. much how you like get money. That's how you invent money. It's this. It reminds me of uh, when we were talking about like all those like rich kids who are like how I saved like five hundred thousand dollars a year or something, you know. And <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it's like they forget to tell you like step a, like step one is like have your parents give you like five hundred grand yeah. and then you start investing. Yeah, it. yeah. My parents paid off my student loans while I I yeah. I, I, I uh, worked for their company. I worked so hard, I became junior executive. I'm a junior executive at twenty seven. You know, seven. It's just like my advice to everybody: work hard. If I can do it, you can too. Yeah, and save all your money. <laughs> have your parents pay off, buy your house and your car. Right. And the trust fund will pay for your bills. The article is just like, oh, you know, we, if I can do it, anyone can. Like, my first step was like, my parents uh, gifted me a home for my, uh, for my wedding yeah. and we just rented it out. You can do oh, that why too. Why wouldn't we? And then we <laughs> bought our own home. <laughs> like, it, that's the, it kind of it has that feel to it a little it, bit, though. Doesn't it does. It? it does. It does. Like, there was no really like, and I, and I get it. The book is more of an overview than more of an in depth thing. Like just to get the idea, the ball rolling to get you to think, but it was just like he really made it seem like it was the most turnkey operation possible, and I can understand because like when I before we read the book, I was looking at like the reviews or what people were thinking about it, like what's it, and uh, and apparently a lot of people when that book came out like just abandoned their life, abandoned their job, tried to get into this stuff and just fell flat in their face. Yeah, because they had no because he doesn't tell you where to start. Really, with the 
what he's trying to preach is like you need to be fiscally intelligent, right? Financially and like right. You, and, you know, like there is a big gap in society where people aren't fiscally smart. And that's true. I mean, like this is nothing we're being taught in like school. I don't remember getting yeah. taught this. But like this almost seems like a book that should like you should pick up when you're in ninth grade. You know, not when you're thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he's also like he doesn't. He tells you how he he got there, but he doesn't. Well, he tells you why he got to where he is. He doesn't tell you how really, mm-hmm. right? Like, was the rich dad also like his backer in the beginning? Because it, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, that's something I actually didn't think about. Because that, like, that almost seems sense, like right? his dad. Yeah, because you have like, to raise capital, right? Yeah, like you know, you, you go from like making nickels in your garage to buying a house it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. he does say that he worked for zero he was it was him right he worked for xerox or something like that he worked for xerox and he was also like a a pilot in the marines yeah so he like did some stuff it sounds like mm-hmm. but like and he made some money right and he's like oh you know then i bought this and they thought i got my porsche from all my commissions but really i was buying you know it and was, like maybe but like i feel like there is something there's, else there's there there's gaps missing. basically is what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah i yeah, hear yeah. it and look it, it made me want to you know diversify my my portfolio right like not just stocks but also real estate and i, and I get that it's supposed to get the ball rolling but like Oh, I was jogging in Oregon and there was just like all and the economy is depressed and I just bought a home for 20K. Yeah, it may, yeah, that's the kind of stuff, too, that like gets people like, well, uh, I can, I can do, that do that. <laughs> you know, like, that could happen to me. <laughs> they buy like this like house in the midst of the collapse of Detroit or something. Yeah. You know, or you're like, yeah, like the bubble's bursting. You don't see it. You buy the shit house and nobody's there to rent it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that can totally happen, man. Because he, he got lucky. Like, the Oregon house was just when California started moving up to the Pacific Northwest. And he, he got lucky. But he did mention, like, in between the lines, like, oh, we waited, like, so and so many years before that really happened. But it was always just a profit. And it's just, oh, my God. I, I would love to happen to me, but I'm... I, I don't know where to look and I'm not going to just pretend to get lucky through jogging and I'm going to find something that's an incredible value and I'm going to get 10,000 well, below asking. That's why. Look, my lungs aren't what they used to be. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Because <laughs> you've taken so good, such good care of them, you know? Like, look, my body is a temple. Yeah, that's that's what I tell myself too. <laughs> Maybe I should but just... But like, yeah, it's just, dude, it, it, it is wild. And that's the that's the kind of crap. Like, dude, like, I'm about to start looking at Detroit tonight. Like, honestly, like, that's the kind of stuff, though, where it's, I think Baltimore's an interesting place. I think Detroit's an interesting place. It, um, has Baltimore changed at all? Because uh, last time I went to, like, downtown Baltimore, like, I think it was, like, three years ago, it looked like shit. No, it still looks a lot like shit. But there's, a, I don't know, like, certain areas are starting to kind of, like, I hate saying it over and over, but, like, gentrify a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot, there's a huge push to like gut and rehab these like older row homes. Like not make them super nice, but like cool. I, I can imagine. I mean, Baltimore is a very historical town. We have a lot of history there. I know like East Baltimore is not so bad. Like um, Fells Point's probably still hopping to this day, right? Yeah, Fells Point's like pretty nice. You know, I try to look around there. Fed Hill's kind of going up and down a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But like there, there's, there's potential there. And there's a lot of, investors in the market you know like you know my dad's doing a lot of the more private money stuff now and uh he's just slammed all the time with like people trying to get funding really and for baltimore yeah that's actually nice because you know man that, i look at baltimore with like nostalgia and i'd like to see it revitalized 
Because like I said, last time I went there, it looked like shit. I went to Lexington Market, and that was oh, yeah, that's a- even more Ooh, shitty. Yeah. I couldn't believe how shitty that looked. Pretty sure they shut it down. They they did for renovations that probably will never happen. Yeah, renovations. They had like rats I think there and shit. Some- yeah, they, they, there was some really bad shit happening in Lexington Market. Yeah, I know I was there. It looked terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I, I've I've also been looking in Detroit, and there is some ni- there is some better areas than people think. Like a lot of the shitty areas, like where you see like the the very mediatized like pictures of decaying urban infrastructure that is largely contained to like the south and like a little bit of the west, but like the north and east side, it's fine. It looks good. Yeah. So yeah, I know I I think I'm gonna poke around there a little bit and 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 kind of look, you know, because like. Dude, when we sell this property, this is the only shitty part about the 1031, dude. We have 45 days to identify our next property. Really? That's how it works? Yeah, for the 1030. So what happens in the 1031 exchange? I did a lot of freaking research on this thing. And luckily, I know somebody who just did one. Mm-hmm. Literally, you cannot never touch the money from the pro- like the proceeds from sense. your sale. Right? They got to be held in escrow. And then the sense. escrow attorney. So once you sell... And these funds go into escrow that that day you have 45 days to identify a property and then 180 days from that day to close. Okay. And it's really up to the attorney or the escrow manager, or I think they're called like the qualified funds intermediary or something like that. I can't remember. It's up to them to say, yes, they actually uh, identified the property within the time frame. Okay. And they closed. But yeah, so like once you... Once you close, man, your clock starts ticking and you got 45 days. I'm thinking about it and that makes a lot of sense, you know, because you're, you're trying to it get It also puts pressure on tax. you, right? No, like, I'm sure you it does. I'm sure move. it does. Like, it's probably nice. good to identify that property before you close. Yeah. So that's like my goal. And then that's, so this is the one thing I don't know. And I think once, if we, if we accept an offer and we start going to closing on the other property, like I want to talk to the attorney and be like, hey. If I have a contract in place before this closes, does that count? That's a good or question. do I have to wait for this to close and then submit and then sign a contract that day? Yeah, you can't submit, have it right? before the close. Like I got to I, I need that's something I need to figure out because like that's, you know, that's a make and break right there. Yeah, because like then it's like, well, then what's the point in jumping on something? You know, right. like, hey, um, I want this, but I'm not going to sign a contract until this day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Just especially just especially when I can get started and get the closing going, so then like ne- then we can move into that property sooner. You know, mm-hmm. like get that thing up and running, right? And just get it, you know? uh, get it going as soon as possible. Because you know, you you want to make that money as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, and I want that money like spent. I want to go. It's a this is going to be a busy year for me anyway. So I hear you. I got I got shit. I got a, I got limited time frame to like make shit happen. I get it. I get you, man. All right. That's all the time we have today. Thanks so much for tuning in to Back Society. This is Jordan signing off. Yeah, this is Chris, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey. Thanks for listening to Back Society. Check us out on BagSocietyPodcast.com for extras and follow us on your favorite podcast providers. Peace!